Okay, y'all. It's finally happening. We are recording our very first episode, and so welcome to Once Upon a Stream, an unofficial fan podcast about all of the magical world of content that's happening on Disney+. Plus. I'm Maddie Shook, and I'm joined here by Megan Mann. Say hi. Hi. And we are going to really get into this, because there is just so much, and so much. we both look truly (laughs) and so it's a lot to process and so hopefully we'll be here to help unpack all of that and so welcome to whatever this is as John (laughs) Oliver would say exactly yeah so um I was just gonna say as far as Megan and I we met each other through the awesome website just about right a lovely um blog kind of getting into awesome lady writers talking about tv and why it makes us feel all of the feelings and all of that so we met through that way and shortly discovered basically we have pretty much the same pop culture taste which is kind of awesome like we just kept talking and like what about this thing and this thing (laughs) and then do you like theater oh my god i love theater and so then we've had only two IRL interactions, but we made the most of them. We really did. Truly. <laughs> there there was good food and lots of fangirling and plenty so of fangirling. pop culture diatribes. Oh, and then I also freaked out, remember? We went to the top of the Willis Tower. <laughs> yes. Dead. <laughs> and I, uh, I talked a lot of smack for someone who got up to the glass um thing that goes off the side mm-hmm. of the building and uh had to back up very slowly and have strangers based out of the it. she's based out of the chicago area and so showed me all the touristy sites and basically we encountered your sudden fear of heights that didn't which occur before which is new to me which is new, <laughs> new to me <laughs> Until suddenly we we took baby steps and we conquered fears because Megan took baby steps. Maddie just kind of was like, this is great. Disney movies taught us to be brave. (laughs) That's true. And I mean, there is a whole movie called Brave. If you had a chance to change your fate, would would (laughs) you? I love that everyone literally has to do that line in whatever variation of their version of a Scottish accent is. You can't Oh, you it. have to. You have to. It's There's no other way. I mean, that was just one of those trailers that gave you that little sound bite that you didn't drop at all. And you couldn't. It just stuck. It just it's stuck and it stuck and it stuck. <laughs> and I went to, um, there, here in Chicago, she's iconic. Was, um, in, uh, Pixar, uh, animation exhibit at the Museum of Science and Industry and there was a big little like a big area for Merida and I walked right up to it and I said it and the kids I was with they're like oh my god we can't believe we're with that woman oh my god and I was like you have to say it you have to she's iconic and we stand we do we really do and that was and one of my favorite moments of Wreck-It Ralph 2 when they when she started talking and they were like what did she say i don't know she's not from our studio she's from the other studio <laughs> and of course it would be it was anna who said that and of course yeah because she has the shade of course 
So what's your relationship with Disney? Let's talk about that. Well, Disney really has been like my first fandom that right from the beginning that like my first media obsession was Winnie the Pooh to the point I had these like Winnie the Pooh figurines that I just balled up in my fists and carried with me everywhere. One time I lost them and threw a tantrum so loud I silenced an entire Costco, but that's an entire... (laughs) That's a story for another day. Wow. That's a good one. I like that. Maddie got her dramatic flair early, but as far as love visiting the parks and, you know, we grew up in, like, perfect timing right in the middle of the Disney Renaissance, and so that my first sentence was even a Disney quote and so (laughs) that I actually quoted Hunchback of Notre Dame and which we will get into when we get to that movie further down the line but basically as far as my first research paper I ever did we got to pick the topic and I was like of course I'm going to write about Disney back when in fifth grade you got to write a research paper in size 16 font because those were the days the days because then five pages in size 16 it's easy oh it's so easy (laughs) now i could still write it easily in my sleep but oh yeah basically even though uh, other fandoms come and go but disney remains the the tried and true which if any of you are also really into like film and television it's been a weird year of 2019 of basically so many things have ended this past Mm -hmm. year where it's like oh my gosh all of the things i've been obsessed with for the past like five to ten years are all said and gone and so what am i still into and then all of a sudden like a shining beacon disney plus came into our lives and oh okay i'm just going to watch Disney content until the sun explodes. That sounds like a good plan. But Megan, how does your Disney journey compare? Oh, well, I have been obsessed with Disney my whole life. I grew up going to Disney World. I took my first steps in Disney World. Um, oh my gosh, that's adorable. I know. I guess I just, you know, my parents were taking too long. And I just got up and just started walking right into Magic Kingdom. So... That, I think, is probably, you know, very indicative of how my life was going to go. And it's just, it's always been there. I mean, like you said, I was born in 1989, which is the year The Little Mermaid came out, which was the start of the Disney Renaissance. And if you ever want to watch a really good documentary about that, watch Waking Sleeping Beauty. It is so good and talks all about that, like, weird phase between Walt passing away and like Disney coming back and it's it's really really cool but um I was born the same year the Little Mermaid came out and I grew up with Disney you know when I was little I would watch Cinderella and Beauty and the Beast and um the Little Mermaid on loop and I would just run them out I would just run them out and I think a lot of it had to do with like also the fact that they were musicals and naturally because those songs were so catchy because yes making and i had when i was little i don't know if you had these um because we have like a couple years gap between the two of us but they had these like sing-along tapes like these sing-along VHS. yes and i would watch those 
all or, the time. Or the cassettes where then you played it in the car. And yes. And I would listen to those all the time. And I just, I was obsessed. And I've always been obsessed. I have, I mean, like, it's, Disney's one of the, hap- it literally is one of the happiest places on earth. And it just, it. I think because it is, I think there's a misconception that all Disney is like all happy endings, but it's not. And I like that there are parts of Disney that it's like, no, it's not always happy. Their grief happens. It's exploiting the happens. full spectrum of human emotion. Right. I mean, like, hello, Inside Out alone. Or if you've never, I mean, you know, because we're including Pixar in this. If you've never seen Coco, then you've never truly deeply sobbed, I think. Open weeping. Openly weeping. So happy I didn't see that in a theater because it was the, I made like dying animal sounds. I was crying so hard. I mean, it was, it was gross. Um, but they do. They really. My sister was concerned. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God I live alone because if anyone heard me, they would have been like, what's wrong with that woman? Really, what's wrong with her? I think something's, something's amiss in there. Um, but yeah, I've just always really, really loved Disney and it just makes me happy. And I think anything that makes you happy, you really just got to, like, cling to in 2019. So... You got to find the happy where it comes, because... You really you really it, It's do. hard to find. <laughs> These days it is. And, you know, it just... I hate that whole idea that people say... They make it very black and white. Like, you can't like Disney because that's for kids. N- no? No. Not true. Not true. Disney is for everyone. Because, like, if you think about, especially when, like, the Disney animated features first started, everyone was seeing them. Everyone, everyone. saw Snow White in theaters in 37 or 39. I always forget when it came out. But for real, everyone came out to the theaters for that or for Cinderella. That was an event that we all right. enjoyed together. It wasn't really till like, with, like, the proliferation of, like, Saturday morning cartoons and stuff like that that then it really got animation as a medium itself got branded as kid stuff which then since disney is so tied into the medium of animation it's a part of that brand and so the it's definitely something as far as it's an interesting thing as far as especially millennials as a generation that i don't think anyone has such a close connection to Disney or ever will as people in our age range yeah. because as far as like we were saying of like the era we grew up in but then that that same level of quality of content just continued as we got older as well and right. that that artistry has just stayed at such a top tier there were there were some there were some brief divots in quality yeah. cough cough home on the range but uh, like, yeah, and like any of the sequels to Cinderella or Little Mermaid. I mean, I've watched them all just out of curiosity, and I, I want my life back for those times, but I can't. I I will defend Cinderella 3, but... Is that the one where she goes back in time? And, but basically, that level of artistry has stayed with us, and especially any kid that remotely had a creative side, too. Oh, that yeah. That there's so many things that really like 
helped you kind of have that spark of creativity in your imagination. And so because that started of like creating that sense of like caring so much about story and character and artistry and all of that, they because it helps start that journey, it always holds a special place in that you can still appreciate that artistry in old versus new content that over the years. And so that's why it's I'm still as passionate about Disney as I was as as a wee lass. And I think what you said because that was such a core element of why Walt Disney even created the entire empire we know now is because he wanted to encourage imagination. That's all he wanted. He wanted people to dream, not, you know, I, we're going to talk about it a little later, but in Meet the Robinsons, you know, when he, they, the motto in that movie is keep moving forward, which is what Walt Disney said. He always said, keep moving forward because he wanted people to think there's something that we can do to make anything better. We have to just use our imagination. We have to keep going. And I think that's what's one of the most inspiring things about Disney is that he does, in, well, not he, but just the company in general inspires you to use your imagination no matter what your age. And I think that is one of the most special things about it. Like, when you go to, if you've ever been to a Disney park, when you go to Disney World and you watch that fireworks display, you're like, oh my god, anything is possible. Literally anything in life is possible. I know it's silly because it's a fireworks display, but it really does like inspire you. You do. You feel inspired and you move and you may cry. I cry all the time during the fireworks. I watch YouTube videos of and fireworks cry. or Waldorf color and cry. And cry. A hundred percent. Like I've already I've already decided because I'm going back in January for the first time since twenty eleven and I'm gonna I've already known how many times I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna cry watching the fireworks, I'm gonna cry when I walk into Magic Kingdom. I mean I'm going to cry so much. Like even just talking about Meet the Robinsons just now and about that quote. That quote at the end of Meet the Robinsons makes me cry every single time. And I was like, Oh my god, I'm getting choked up. This is horrible. Is that just emotional instability or like what? A bit of both. I feel like it's like a toss-up. Jury's out. (laughs) But basically, as far as, so as you can tell, both of us super love Disney. So it wasn't exactly like a shocker that we were going to get Disney Plus as far as, or were interested in it when it was announced that Disney was doing their own streaming service. Like, they had us let's be real yeah and even before they announced that it was like actually really good pricing for once the see that's what that's what like held me off though first i was like wait how much is this gonna be because it's disney and their content is what people like were looking for on like netflix you know what i mean they were like oh my god where are all those movies and then so you wonder oh my god how much is this gonna cost because Because when you go to buy when you go to buy a disney dvd how much is it twenty dollars every time you they're At rarely least, yeah. on sale. Exactly. And so it on the business side of things, it's a brilliant strategic move and they're kind of pulling a page out of Amazon's book. And so tip my cap to you, Mr. Egger. <laughs> but on basically just as, as a fan and a consumer of said content, the was definitely excited that it was at a more affordable rate but what really got us hyped as far as from just like 
general interest into like super excited and adding the launch date to our countdown app on our phones and all to that level of anticipation right was the d23 expo which they that information came out i was fortunate enough to actually be there and still so jealous over that it was definitely it was on a long time checklist as a disney fan and was everything and can't wait to go back but i'm definitely going next time for sure and it's full on hunger games level as far as to get into those panels and so it's just like comic-con that without there's they're still figuring out comic-con levels of organization but does comic-con even have that level of organization valid point (laughs) but basically i sat on a concrete floor in a cold dark basement well not super dark it was a lot of fluorescence but so in other words basically for about three hours to get into that panel and i actually did and so that's where they kind of brought out a previews for as all the different things that are going to be on this platform and it was amazing my mind was blown and so really some of these projects i like don't even have the words to express how truly excited I am for them because there's a lot of like there's the nostalgia element as far as some things coming back that just give you like that that warm nostalgia feeling but then there are some things that they're really they're going for it and they're pushing the boundaries and that there's just so much to explore and really kind of go nuts for and so like really it's the dearth of like things to watch is a lot to take in oh yeah and as anyone who knows as far as peak tv that between the six billion streaming services that they're on in different channels and how every two seconds you're on your twitter timeline and there's a new show that everyone's obsessed with there is just so much content as far as it well also the fact that like the word content has now permeated the vernacular as far as talking about film and television oh yeah just because like it's hard to just limit it to just movies or tv or limited short form series or all that that now you just kind of have that greater content umbrella but there's just there's so much to watch and it's so much like it was one of those things of this past year of just kind of coming to terms with of like there is so for example i know as far as with my sensibilities that mike sure comedies are delightful and would make me very happy but with the ones that i haven't watched and as far as the amount of episodes and everything if you added it all together it would literally take like three weeks like straight of my lifetime to watch it all and you just can't it's literally so hard at like the beginning of the summer because i work at an elementary school and i have summers off um they i made a list of all the things i wanted to watch over the summer and i think i got through like three of them because i just kept finding other things i thought oh okay well i'll watch it after this but oh i'm gonna watch this first i'm gonna watch it's so hard because you have literally so many options and then you have everyone telling you you have to watch this you have to watch that oh but i found this and i think i'm gonna watch that next it's so hard 
truly it's it's a lot and so seriously is and that was just as far as all the other things that have been currently existing and then a few weeks ago and a mic drop moment that really only disney could pull off that and also just as a comm major that studied public relations of just chef's kiss to the brilliance of the viral marketing there they dropped a twitter thread as far as of all of the titles that are going to be available on disney plus's launch day november 12th which hopefully with the amount of time it takes me to edit this should be the day after this episode posts but literally six like it was over 675 titles just as far as of what's going to be available day one day one and just putting them in succession of just so many things that we love so dearly and then new things that i'm super intrigued about and they also along with the the twitter thread they also had a video version of it where they kind of just showed each title in about like 10 seconds of footage with some ambient music in the background so about 10 seconds for each title and the video was three hours and 17 minutes long that is bonkers for perspective that is longer than avengers endgame which everyone oh my god freaking out about (laughs) oh my gosh it's like the longest movie ever it's longer than the irishman (laughs) i didn't even feel like endgame was that long though probably because i just think it moved along so well that it didn't even feel like three hours you know if you are truly invested like the majority of audiences are that you wanted each and every moment was relevant and oh i stopped my way through that truly that I knew going in, I, I removed my eye makeup before oh, on that one. Oh, absolutely. No makeup was present. I knew what I was, I knew it was going to happen. I knew it was Cap's last run and Captain America's my favorite. So I thought, uh-uh. Spoiler alert. I know where this is going. Oh, it's been long enough. Chris Evans even said it on Jimmy Fallon. It's been long enough. And um, let's be real. If you're listening to a Disney Plus podcast, you probably you've already it. watched. You've, you've watched seen Endgame. It and it made over a billion dollars so you've seen it <laughs> it made over like two billion dollars i thought some insane amount of money is what we're getting at here some obscene amount of money i mean just obscene but speaking of Endgame, the even past the threat that was launched recently this past week there was such a fan outcry that originally Endgame wasn't going to be released on launch date and enough people asked for it that they actually added that on so that's going to be available to watch people, too man yeah that's like um that's tom holland little... rallying around the people to make sure that disney kept spider-man that is the tom... power of the people right there power of the people and we love tom holland so much our precious son he really is i mean is there any more of a cute little bonbon than tom holland i just want to bake him cookies and make sure that he has like a warm sweater in the minute night and if anyone crosses him i will fight them i will i really will let's be honest i mean he's just too pure for this world truly and so 
as far as of what we're planning to do as far as with this podcast and the reason why we wanted to start this because we are truly so excited that like so many people have talked about with like Netflix and stuff of you end up just like scrolling through the menu when you want to watch something and just don't know what to watch and, and then so you, you end, end up scrolling t- through your phone for for like 45 minutes well we just want to highlight as far as one of the titles that's on the streaming platform that we're going to be doing this once a week and so there's so much to get into and we kind of have them in different categories as far as like our old faves that we're kind of revisiting of some of them we haven't revisited since childhood or like especially like the decoms and stuff haven't really so processed excited. that of viewing that experience as an adult that's going to be I interesting to, to right. say the least and then as far as some of the classics that either we haven't seen in literally forever or it might be as far as just something we haven't seen before like we were kind of saying there was that weird transitional era as kind of in the 60s and (laughs) 70s and early 80s as well that there's some weird stuff there's some really weird stuff let me tell you disney got weird it did it really did well let's be real as far as 60s and 70s all of movies got weird you know let's just blanket it let's say all production companies got a little weird during that time a little weird a little weird and then that there's also a ton of new releases of like the new original shows and everything that are going to be on some shows movies that so much to watch and talk about and get excited for and so that that way we'll kind of highlight one thing a week just to give you hey here's something that you can watch and we'll kind of get into it for you absolutely and so as far as megan of some of the old faves that welcoming home again which one are you starting off as far as excited to revisit i i know it's not necessarily that old i believe it was 2007 i want to say so only about like 12 years old but one of my like i I was talking about it earlier i love it so much so i'm excited to have it readily available at all times is meet the robinsons and what's sad is this is one of by far at least in my opinion the most underrated disney movies there is i actually haven't seen it what i haven't oh just proving my point oh my god okay so for those of you like maddie who have not seen meet the robinsons it's this story about this little boy who is an orphan and he's left at the orphanage steps um at the beginning and he has always craved family and a sense of belonging and he wants to be adopted but something always goes wrong and um he loves science and he enters this science fair but it goes badly wrong and he was trying to make a memory machine so that he could see his mom so she could know what she looked like and maybe he could go and find her because no one at the orphanage knows anything about her he was just left at the steps and so then he sees this person from the future come and tell him you can't give up you have to keep going you have to keep going you have to fix your machine it works it'll work it'll work he doesn't believe them he goes to the future he sees all this stuff he starts to feel accepted by this family and then he realizes like you know 
so much is going wrong and then he feels betrayed again because he thought oh my god this is a family for me and then he goes back in time and he fixes the machine and all this stuff happens and it's just I don't want to give it away because it's so good and it is just such a heartwarming movie it's got so much sadness in it but it's got so much hope and so much happiness and the whole movie they keep saying keep moving forward keep moving keep forward keep moving forward and then at the end there's a disney quote that where that's from and it says to keep moving forward and oh my god i get through that whole movie and then i see that quote and for whatever reason i just start crying so much um but it is one of the best movies i can't believe you haven't seen it it's so good and if you haven't seen it yet absolutely 100 percent, you need to watch that movie it's not I want to say it's only like an hour and a half, hour 45, not super long, animated. It's really funny. If you've ever seen that gif online of a T-Rex saying, I have a big head and little arms, it's from Meet the Robinsons. I, I know some of like the highlights and stuff, and yeah. there's different web series of like, I've watched the Drunk Disney episode on yeah. Meet the Robinsons, so. It is. It's just, it's just so pure. And then I'm really excited for, like we were saying, the Disney Channel original movies. I get the feeling um, that a movie like Motocross, which I'm so excited for, probably um, has not held up over time. Um, Especially now that, like, you know, girls can do whatever they want. If girls want to be motocross stars, they can be. Feminism is solved. Like, it was fixed. (laughs) I mean, seriously. Like, I mean, girls can be... uh, motocross they can be inline skaters they can be skateboarders they could be in the x games they could do snowboarding they can do anything it doesn't even matter there's no like hard delineation between like what girls can do and what boys can't do so i don't think that that's necessarily going to hold up over time in that aspect but that movie it was ahead of its time it really was (laughs) you gotta admit it and it was so good at the time and like i loved that she said that painting her nails like increased speed or something so then you see all the boys painted their nails which i just loved especially now because like hair makeup nails that's so fluid so now you wouldn't even think twice if you saw a guy with painted nails true but then you would have thought weird weird so i don't think certain aspects of that movie are going to hold up over time but the fact that I can watch it and just quietly cringe, but also be in love with it, is I'm, some I'm of the stuff there will be cringing, but also it it hits right in the nostalgia. It really does. It hits you right in the nostalgic feels. And then along those same lines is I think one of the greatest things that I don't want to say lower Disney, but not like cinematic. Do you know what I'm saying? Like Disney Channel. And, you know, lower down Disney. The TV division of it. Right. It, I think it's one of the most amazing things it's ever done, which is one of the very, I want to say it was like one of the very first ones, too, was The Color of Friendship. And for those of you who uh, don't know what The Color of Friendship is, it's about this girl whose family moves to America. I can't remember where was it like Pennsylvania? No, she's an exchange student. Oh, she's an exchange student, right. And she comes from South Africa to, I want to say Pennsylvania, but I could be wrong. But some kind of heart of America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she moves, you know, from South Africa. She's a white girl and she moves in with an African-American family. 
and she's very confused by the way it's different there than it is here and she has a hard time understanding things and then through this friendship they both learn to be more accepting and like how that movie explored race and also like introduced those topics of like an introduction point to talk to younger kids and all of that because i remember amazing because this was 2000 so i was only like seven when this came out i was 11 (laughs) i was old i was 10 or 11 yeah and so yeah it's definitely one of those first introductions to some of those bigger topics that we hadn't come across really hadn't especially sheltered kid upbringing that didn't have a lot of encounters with diversity starting off in the younger years and so that dis disney got deep back then like it got really really deep i i had a vhs like i recorded that on a vhs that's dating me so bad but i had it recorded on a vhs i remember taking it into my fourth grade class and we all watched it together oh it was it was amazing and it was so ahead of it i don't want to say it's ahead of its time but it's still something that's relevant to today which i think is crazy 19 years later Yeah, and let's see. Just checking where we are. But honestly, a lot of them, the DCOMs is kind of a big draw of revisiting that because there's not like a, not all of them are available on like have been available on streaming before. And it is kind of one of those niche things that you definitely get in a weird mood for of like, hey, I want to watch a DCOM. And so speaking of like so some of those are like some of the top three of like wanting to check out off the bat um of one of the old faves i'm definitely excited to revisit is stuck in the suburbs (laughs) which (laughs) partially because like the cast from that has gone on to like other projects that as far as this is a pre-snl taron killam and as Flash, Daniel Panabaker and Brenda freaking song we we bow down that I'm so glad she's back on TV of a new series on Hulu coming out this week too and that is like pre- those Zach three is Cody yeah or, or middle of middle of like early on yeah and so that was kind of the start of the domination as far as Brenda Song had a great run of Disney Channel because she was on Phil of the Future before Sweet Life. Yeah. And so that it's more of a Phil of the Future era Brenda Song. And basically it's of these teenage fangirls that they're at like a fan meet and greet or something and they accidentally bu- bump into pop idol Jordan Cahill. So basically in this era, kind of like a Harry Styles type of that now in retrospect this is like literally sounds like a wattpad fanfic but (laughs) (laughs) that they get his cell phone and then basically cause like hijinks but it's also like 
learning to be confident in your in yourself and like feeling okay with who you are to open up your creativity and all of that and also it had a pop single that i will eternally be better never got released as like a single available for purchase on like itunes or anything like that but annalise vanderpool had a song called over it that Mm -hmm. was featured in like one of the montages that is still still a jam because annalise's voice is fantastic but there's just so many fun little gems like that that are just going to be a lot of fun to see again and then like some of the animated ones that i haven't watched on end that as far as like you know most of the time people bring up disney and it's like the princess movies but mm-hmm. one of my other favorite like animated classics is 101 dalmatians which is just so wonderful and it's just delightful and it's not just because like I'm a dog person and love dogs. <laughs> They're animated so wonderfully, but it's smart writing. Like, I had this realization as far as, and I th- basically, if you re-listen to the song Cruella de Vil and you really think about, like, the context of the scene that's in, basically, Roger, as a songwriter, his wife's old friend from college comes in, and he basically just writes a song of, like, your friend is the worst. <laughs> basically basically the whole all of the lyrics are just like ugh that one friend who stops over every now and then is just so terrible but for real just the worst and so it's really fun to kind of revisit some of that framework and the animation is truly excellent and so they even though they were kind of experimenting in some of like the like more modernization of like the animation method so like there was some of like the xeroxing where they were able to kind of like copy some of the animation over which is really interesting because they had to create like so many of the puppies in one scene and so there's some really interesting behind the scenes stuff on that too but that one i'm totally excited to see again and then also as far as really in recent years one of in the grander disney empire of like so many ips and things that are within that family people mainly focus on like the either disney animation pixar marvel star wars of it all but the muppets man the muppets just rock they do if you don't think that's one of the greatest attractions in disney world lies it's a classic it is and unfortunately it like technology could it could probably do with an update but i uh, still yeah. just love it so much and that also it like jim was involved with designing it before he passed away and so that that's a treasure and speaking of treasure muppet treasure island is <laughs> just iconic and it was an old fave as far as growing up and tim curry just being his fabulous self as long john silver and honestly of like a adaptation of classic literature it's still kind of perfect i mean that really did if we're being honest have an amazing cast like it had tim curry bill Connolly, jennifer saunders which we love her i mean it really did it had an amazing cast 
it was kind of fantastic and the songs are awesome like cabin fever is just like a classic and it was just so much fun and so that's something as far as that i literally haven't seen since like the vhs days and so to like see it again in hd and just to be able to revisit something like that it's really just the whole biggest thing about like the whole deal with disney plus is reopening the vault of like there's been this model of like that things are only available for a limited amount of time and you get to enjoy it for a little bit but then it gets tucked away again and you don't get regular access to until now now we can just watch things whenever we want as far as had a hard day at work watch Muppet Treasure Island and that's gonna cheer you up and so or if you really want to go for it and you really loved Disney Channel original TV back in the day all of even Stevens is on there too his trail who doesn't love a vintage shia when he was just going balls to the wall with the humor the the crazy started young now it's I, it did <laughs> you watch it and you're like i see where this led to but that's that's some classic shia labeouf though i understand that he had a, a weird period after that but even steven's holes that is where that and, was at and let's be real give credit where credit is due shia was great and it it was a star making role and everything but christy carlson romano i mean oh, an yeah. icon oh yeah and then isn't all of kim possible on on there too all of kim possible along with kim possible's stitch in time and so the drama oh my god i love and cadet kelly cadet kelly that still as far as so some of my favorite disney influencers um sarah sterling and tiffany mink who follow on instagram they're amazing and they're at the parks all the time and get to be a part of some really cool disney events that for mickey's not so scary halloween party well one of the costumes they did this year was cadet kelly themed and oh i love that it it was incredible overlooked classic and so there is like the old stuff that is definitely going to be like a warm hug oh yeah that like olaf we will be excited to experience again totally but then there's also just like some of the stuff that we kind of mentioned of some of like the weirder era of things i haven't seen before like so i've seen herbie the love bug but that there's also like a billion sequels to them as well oh yeah oh yeah are gonna be fun to revisit and then there's something about like just kind of the like 1960s rom-com kind of format that is always just a fun like stress reliever kind of movie to watch and so getting to revisit some of those of like the ugly dachshund where it's like a dude that has a great day and that thinks it's a dachshund and he and like a lady that has like a bunch of dachshunds fall in love that's kind of what i got from like reading the synopsis Mm -hmm. and then a bunch of weird like a lot of early kurt russell that he was in like a lot of disney movies actually to start about which you don't think of like when people mention disney child stars right 
he was the OG, if you really think about it. Oh, yeah. And so there were... There's some weird ones and a lot of fun of, like, the computer wore tennis shoes, which, can you imagine if a movie was titled that today? Oh my god, it would be a B-movie and flop so fast. Like, who on the marquee would just be like, I'm gonna pay $15 to see the computer wore tennis shoes? (laughs) No one. No one. At all. And then there's, like, Blackbeard's Ghost, which I've never even heard of. Which seems or probably there's weird. a movie called Gus that's about like a horse that plays football. Which, oh, that's a choice. Of course, there is. That's a that's a which. Mm-hmm. Hey, I guess Airbud wasn't the first. <laughs> or there's a like the cat from outer space. I mean, or the million I, dollar duck. I there's, feel like all cats are from outer space. Sorry, not a cat person. True. I'm a sucker for a good animal movie. And so, in that weird era, there's a lot of good animal movies. There's just, some like, choices, for sure. There are some choices. <laughs> and speaking of a choice, that there's a lot of movies that formerly Fox that I like in the rollout as far as all of the title announcements, that they're Disney's just like, yeah, those are ours now. Yeah, th- we totally um, just took them under our wing. And, um... Yeah, Sound of Music, that's us. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally, totally. Which, by the way, so thrilled that that is available at all times. I had actually was just talking about this movie yesterday and talking about how much I love, because it's so long. If you've never watched The Sound of Music on DVD or anything, after you've hit, I think it's just after the two-hour mark, there's literally a screen that comes up and says intermission and it just plays music from the movie and there's just an intermission because it's such a long movie that when they were showing it in theaters they're like here here's 10 to 15 go take a potty break go uh get some popcorn and uh we'll see you back soon for the rest of the movie which dude intermissions it should make a comeback it should i mean i wouldn't have left during endgame but it could i could have used it could have used that let me tell you but just sound chill a bit after Vormir and then buckle up <laughs> and get ready for because after that then it like it doesn't slow down after that point no not at all not at all but I will say one of my favorite songs and again this is what I was talking about yesterday from a musical ever is from the sound of music and it's weird because it's not one of the ones that people would think of but the lonely goat herd is by far one of my favorite songs from a musical ever. Oh, it's delightful. It's just, it's such a fun little kitschy song. And I love it. And it doesn't really, it's not one of the emotional ones of the movie. It's not one of the um, transitional songs from the movie. It's just it's fun. It's the Hakuna Matata of The Sound of Music. Kinda, yeah. Because it's not it's Edelweiss. It's fun. It's not my favorite things, but it is one of my favorite things. Did you see what I did there? I I did. <laughs> I, I approve. Thank you. Thank you. In that... But 10 Things I Hate About You is in there, too. Yes, it is, which is just great. I mean, that is... If you grew up with early 2000s... I guess we could consider it a rom-com... 
or like teen rom-coms that was hands down it's the best it's one. the best there's there's no competition you know drive me crazy she's all that never like all those no none of those compare to 10 because things I hate every about you. performance is great and everything is better with alice and janney not These wrong facts. not wrong at all and let's be real we all still wish because it still holds up even today that we could write cat's poem true cat's poems has stood the test of time let's be real it has it it well basically today it would be like cat's poem is like a taylor swift song yeah pretty much pretty much yeah it goes right in the feels i think the only thing that hasn't held up about that movie is when she says but i love my sketcher or i love my prada backpack right because you don't have sketchers oh like sketchers wouldn't even be no it's the other way around oh i'm sorry you know what i meant though but no one wears sketchers any anymore even though they're very comfortable but those are they've gone out the way i think that's the only thing really Mm -hmm. that I mean, some of the fashion, Otherwise, obviously, but honestly, at the same time, some of it's still coming back around. So it's coming back around. And another one of like appropriated by Disney now is the Molina, which the Molina I only have like loose ties to. It's kind of funny. Of it was 20th Century Fox trying to be Disney. Oh yeah. And now that Disney has it, it's kind of ironic because they even got Jody Benson, the original voice of Ariel, to be the voice of the Molina which you're like y'all tried but basically i'm excited about the indication that basically once anastasia's contract with netflix ends that it's most likely going to end up on disney plus which i will be looking forward to oh yeah thanks absolutely what i'm also going to be looking forward to is all of the new original content look at that segue i mean oh that was flawless smooth (laughs) but like the original content that's coming that unreal 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 they've teased a lot as far as that's going to show up within like the next like of what's coming in the first two years that even in the first week it looks amazing there's so much to unpack but first is showing as far as what's like available right off the bat that first off this past weekend i didn't get to get a chance to watch it but they did actually air on freeform the first episode of high school musical the musical the series which i initially was fairly skeptical as far as once i heard like just saw like the title and the overall concept of like i'm like no we don't need a reboot like still skeptical because it wasn't with the original cast and just thought it was like a part of just the the tired reboot trend but actually it's a really fresh take and so basically it's kind of semi-docu-series but it's slightly omniscient narrative narrator kind of thing too of it's set at the high school where they filmed the high school mu- musical movies that someone figures out that that real high school however with fictional students has never done a production of the stage version of high school musical and so they're like we have to do it so we have to put on a hsm live stage musical and so it's like part of the 
part of the high school musical charm of that we were kind of just in the right generation to although we were on the older side of things but we let's be real both of us were dramatic and fabulous enough to get obsessed with it um i still think one of the greatest things that disney has done in the last however many years is bet on it and it's because it's so bad um i mean zephron just sitting there pulling up fistfuls of sand iconic well what i find so interesting is so high school musical 2 soundtrack got released on itunes a few days before the movie came out and so i immediately got the soundtrack and was listening to it obsessively and bet on it was just such a cool song and like i thought this is gonna make zach efron the next justin timberlake of like major male pop star type thing of like because the song is incredible it is i'm but, not just saying that just because i think the scene is absolutely ridiculous however I do then love you that watch song. the movie and they pair it with the most ridiculous choreography of all time on a golf course i don't um it's it's all bad in practice but the song itself is it's so just, good it's such a recipe of it's instantly iconic the meme will last forever for the facial expressions all that so it's a little bit of the hsm charm i mean it's just kind of some good. of the zaniness of glee moment of silence for glee we were all there that it was a time choices were made all right so there is a little bit of technical difficulties and this is our first episode so bear with we're us that we're working through it that we'll get better as things go on but there's some growing pains so basically we're super excited for high school musical the musical the series and it, it's going to be ridiculous but it it's exactly our brand of ridiculous true so here for it yeah and like some of these new releases we'll only kind of briefly touch on just because like trust us we will have full episodes that are really going to delve into the details of everything and so yeah well we'll get there so then as far as of those new releases coming out what was uh megan one of the ones that you were looking forward to i cannot wait as someone who was obsessed as a younger girl for the new Lizzie McGuire. I am so excited. Even though that won't be available at launch, that they just started, they finished their first week of filming this past week. But it's so exciting. I followed Hilary Duff on Instagram so I can catch some behind the scenes stuff on her Insta story. Which we know she's going to post. Which there's already some good stuff in the past week so and it's got the original cast everyone's there i don't know about gordo and miranda but her family they're all back i'm excited to see what lizzie would be doing now i feel like she's the original bitmoji so i'm just excited for that dialogue but actually i get it i get it it's she was ahead of her time truly and, and i think are, we're both super I'm curious, excited are they going to address the fact that she was randomly a european pop star when she was 14 that one time <laughs> how does that figure into her adult life <laughs> i think they're just gonna pretend like that didn't happen 
we will see because basically lizzie's now on on the eve of turning 30 so and to be fair though we all still are we always use that though i think when anyone says something ridiculous you're like well you know what maybe you should go to rome and find out that you're a roman pop star i don't know like although just brief pause it's like it's still ridiculous that like that was framed as an eighth grade graduation trip like right what eighth graders get to go to rome like what school did lizzie go to not one i've gone to no but it's going to be great and we will be looking forward to it as things unfold oh yeah but what will be available on day one launch is the mandalorian and And we're both super excited about that y'all like just seen the trailer so far the cinematography is gorgeous and cinematic is the only way to describe it oh yeah they they threw money down on this series that this is the flagship that they want this first disney plus to be what stranger things did to netflix Mm -hmm. and it's gonna happen because it looks incredible i love everyone in the cast seriously it's such a good cast though i mean let's talk about that cast for a second Pedro Pascal. There's uh, anything that involves him is just oh, mm. oh. I mean, <laughs> there's nothing else to say. that says it all. And we will get into it as far as we'll first do. We're gonna give like a introductory take as far as just after seeing just the first two episodes, and then we'll also revisit it once we have the whole season to look back on and get a feel for how it all meshes together because pedro pascal gina carano um ming that wins on an episode yes she is taika waititi giancarlo esposito carl weathers and then Werner herzog randomly like (laughs) and then for my my sons of anarchy loving heart mark boone jr I mean, it's, it's, it's an be... interesting amalgamation of people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it's going to be amazing. Natalia, Te- is it Tina or Tena? I don't know the pronunciation. She was she was Tonks in the Harry Potter movies, just so we're clear. There we go. That's what I was getting at in the end. But, like, the level of quality that they're putting into these shows, I'm really looking forward to the marvel stuff is it's a while out so that will will vamp up to later but for some of the things that are going to be available right at the launch that especially for people that are such hardcore disney fans as myself one day at disney is such a cool project for is just seeing like the level of creativity and care that goes throughout creating that magical disney experience whether it's on broadway with our fave patty Murin that we love her so much that we've 
first knew of as far as um through relations of big fans of arrow both of us of like how we first got to know each other but patty also we got to know better in terms of talking about like the bachelor and everything and then she became anna as um princess anna in frozen on broadway and is truly incredible in the role i got to see her this past year and honestly patty made that role truly her own of completely a separate thing from Kristen bell and i adore it but that's just one of the facets and then also seeing the cast members in the theme parks of all the care and effort that they put into making this world like truly magical and as far as animators and film crews and like vacation properties and just such a diverse of like craftsmanship and artistry and that storytelling is woven into so many different mediums and methods that it makes my disney loving heart happy it really is i mean have you ever watched those specials um about like when they change the parks from halloween to christmas yes um that it aired on freeform last year yes and, and that'll be was, available to watch on this as well you should watch that that is something you should watch it is truly incredible they have what like a 12 14 hour span from the time it ends on the very last night of or, or thanks it's is it november or thanksgiving it's one of those two and then until they open on that first day on that next day they literally change it entirely from halloween to christmas and they go all year they're growing the plants for the wreaths they're growing they start making gingerbread in like october i mean it is hands down one of the most insane things i've ever seen that and everything that goes into disney is an insane work of like craftsmanship it's unbelievable it's everyone who is the best at what they do exactly exactly which is another thing that we're both excited for which talks about the imagineering story yes because then it's going to get into as far as each episode is going to be on a different attraction and just kind of going of talking to the imagineers of the process how it goes from like a concept art to the full-blown attraction operating in the theme parks and everything that goes into that process and it's kind of melding the creative side of things versus the technical side of things and like truly i it's one of those of i don't know how they do it because it really is a special person that has like the engineering brain to like create these attractions but then to also just truly care about story because every single ride in these theme parks has a story and there's like so much thought process and caring of like you'll see a random portrait on a wall but joe Rody's thought of a whole backstory of what that person in that portrait is and how it ties into what's being told in the interaction yes and so i'm really looking forward to kind of hearing from not just the greats of like the big name imagineers that we know like a joe Rody or a tony baxter but of some of like the hidden gems if you will that kind of 
work together bringing those like the intricate details that really make a Disney theme park attraction different than anywhere else. And I mean, I'm kind of hoping that they tell about the catalyst for Imagineering because the entire idea behind it was that Walt Disney looked and was, he had an idea and he said, oh, but that technology doesn't exist yet. Well, now we have to create it. And that's how the Imagineers started. In essence, he was just like, well, okay. Let's invent it. Let's invent it now. Let's just do it. That's how Imagineering started. And the whole idea behind it, even though, you know, something as creepy as, you know, the Tiki Room that can get kind of annoying because that song gets stuck in your head all day. Like, you see how, like, just learning about how that all came to be is so incredible because you were just like I don't even know how Walt Disney's mind worked and that how like as technology has improved that the folks add as far as Walt Disney Imagineering that they just keep stepping up their game yeah and, and I, of the and things I that they're say, able to create I read an article, I read this very, very long article about it, and I want to say he was the first to really hire women to do that. That there's a part is some women really in that kind of process that, like, Mary Blair is such a huge influence in as far as Disneyland and how so many like iconic attractions and things came to be just based off of her concept art that because she's kind of the one who came up with like the aesthetic for it's a small world among other things right and so she's just such an icon and so i hope they kind of touch on her story as well there is an article out right now Oh, I can't remember where it's from. I should look it up and talk about it on the next episode. Where it talks about, like, the extreme sadness she felt about her marriage and how she was putting herself and her children in danger. And then she created, at that same time, It's a Small World. Which is just so hopeful and... Exactly. And she she's going through this inner turmoil and then she's creating something as hopeful and iconic as it's a small world. I mean, I'll have to definitely look that up to see where that was, but it's, it is fascinating. And I hope they kind of touch on all of that. And so I'm interested to kind of see where all of that leads. And so really, there's just, there's so much to look forward to and like, so we're only about two days away that we're heading into the fall in the winter as we get into colder months and it's the perfect time <laughs> it's the perfect time we're gonna hunker down and there's gonna be plenty to watch and we will be talking about it each week and next week um one of the opening opening day new releases is the live action remake of Lady and the Tramp with Justin Throw, Tessa Thompson as Lady, Yvette Nicole Brown, and Janelle Monet Love kind her. of doing a reimagined version of Peggy Lee's He's a Tramp, which is going to be 
amazing and the dogs are just precious i'm very interested to see how they do this as a live action and so we'll we'll touch on we're also first going to just rewatch the original and we'll gush about the beauty of that animation and get into yeah there's there's some racism a little bit a little bit and then how absurd that then said bit was covered by different pop artists in disney mania albums and how crazy ridiculous that is but then we'll get into the new one and how that holds up and whether it reinvents the story of how it compares to the others in this live action remake epidemic that is occurring and uncanny valley animals and so much fun stuff so thank you so much for listening to this first episode appreciate your patience with some of the technical stuff of if there's audio issues we will be working on that um but we're really excited more of a amateur labor of love but that we'll be getting into so much more coming up and so hopefully you'll get to explore in this journey with us and so um megan want to give a plug to your socials or yeah you can find me on uh instagram or twitter at miss megan man m-e-g-a-n-m-a-n-n and i i love you write awesome things i do i do i try to write some awesome things so definitely give me a follow i freak out about tv a lot we we have a lot of tv feelings and so on twitter i'm at lipstick and wi-fi which are some basically it's on brand for me true but it's um instagram at maddie shook m-a-d-d-i-e that's how i spell it it's how my mom spelled it so there we go and (laughs) that also the podcast itself it does have a twitter account and so that is at once upon a stream and so hopefully you can follow us there that we'll be teasing stuff about episodes and hopefully you'll have some fun content on that for hopefully you listeners can gather on there and looking forward to that and so thanks again and stay tuned next week we'll see you next week bye bye